Life's complicated and overwhelming enough, especially for those of us in mission-driven work. Let's make your journey to health as simple and sustainable as possible. I'm Lisa Baker, and I want to welcome you to the Simply Health Coaching Podcast, where it's the food, and it's more than the food. On the podcast, we'll talk about the food you put in your mouth and everything else that nourishes you or doesn't. My vision is a world in which you can be well while doing good, and my mission is to give you the simple tools and practices to get there. Let's get started. We're back from our little detour where we talked about eliminating stress to talking about what to do when you need or want to eliminate a certain food from your diet. Not necessarily by substituting processed products, but by finding a workaround using whole foods. In this episode, we're going to talk about giving up dairy and what that could look like in the kitchen and at the table. In episode 17, we talked about what an elimination diet is and how to do one successfully, in theory. In episode 18, we talked about going gluten-free. And next to gluten, dairy is another food that seems to be problematic for a lot of people, The lines are pretty clearly drawn on the subject, not just for dairy and against dairy, but within the pro-dairy side, the debate rages as to whether whole or low-fat or non-fat are the real enemy in terms of health. And then there are questions of organic or pastured or conventional, raw or pasteurized, homogenized or not. You can hear my opinion on these issues in episodes 12 and 13, and I'll link to all of these episodes in the show notes. So what to do? Is this the time to join the crowd and go dairy-free? After all, cow milk was meant for baby cows, and it's quote-unquote unnatural for humans to drink it, right? Or is it the time to stand fast with years of research on the benefits of dairy for your bones? I definitely have my own views on the matter, and it's beyond my scope of work to decide for you. As always, my advice is educate yourself, read both sides of the argument, and pay attention to who sponsors the studies and articles you read. Is there a hidden agenda in play? And remember, while the government may claim to know what's best for you, government policy is often influenced by powerful industry lobbies. So why go dairy-free? There are two components of dairy that could be problematic for people. One is a protein called casein, also pronounced casein. Another is a dairy sugar, which is called lactose. If you have been diagnosed with an allergy to casein or a lactose intolerance, take your diagnosis seriously. Dairy is definitely not for you. If you suspect you may suffer from an allergy or intolerance, do get tested. Your primary care physician and or practitioner of functional medicine can help you with that. If you've been tested and the results are negative or testing is not a route you want to go, you may still suspect that you have a sensitivity to dairy. Listen to your inner wisdom on this. Common symptoms of intolerance include digestive issues, such as constipation, gas, bloating, diarrhea, chronic headaches, body aches, congestion, what appear to be seasonal allergies year-round, or skin rashes and or acne. 
Another reason dairy is in the crosshairs is that it is considered highly inflammatory, and inflammation is seen by many as the root of many chronic diseases. If you have any of these symptoms or suspect that you have system-wide inflammation, consider trying an elimination diet, preferably with some guidance from a healthcare practitioner or health coach well-versed in supporting such a project. The beauty of this experiment is that it costs you nothing, and you might end up discovering how good you feel without dairy in your diet. Or you may realize that you really don't notice a difference. If you do decide to go dairy-free, you'll need to become a label reader. You can listen to episode 14 for a quick lesson in that. Uh, Not sure whether it's an art or a science, but there's certainly a lot to know about it. Most foods that contain dairy are easy to identify because they'll have the words milk, milk solids, cream, or butter in the ingredient list. Whey is naturally found in dairy products, and if you're looking to stick to whole foods, you're barking up the wrong tree if whey protein isolate shows up on the ingredient list. As with going gluten-free, going dairy-free is definitely not a lifestyle choice for the faint of heart who are accustomed to a lot of dairy in their lives. But it's likewise one that can bring markedly improved health. Do you have to find replacements for your morning coffee, your cereal, your yogurt, your glasses of milk, your cheese, your ice cream? Before you commit, consider whether possibly just reducing the amount of dairy you eat might be enough. Can you give up sour cream and ice cream and yogurt and limit yourself to a splash of milk in your coffee and an ounce or two of cheese, but maybe not daily? Or do you want to keep the probiotics from yogurt in your diet and give up milk and cheese? Would switching to goat or sheep dairy alleviate some of your symptoms? Many people who have issues with cow dairy find that goat or sheep dairy uh, eliminates their problems, and it's now possible to get goat milk... Uh, goat yogurt, goat and sheep cheese in a lot of grocery stores. Okay, so we're doing this. If you decide that quitting dairy entirely is in your future, I always find that the most healthful approach to removing something from your diet is not finding a substitution, but to retrain your palate to just not want it. And here's a side note. Uh, Cow dairy in particular contains a lot of natural sugar. Now it's not added refined sugar, but it's still really sweet. So when we think about retraining the palate not to want sweet, that's a whole different question. (laughs) Um, If you're not allergic to dairy, but you want to remove it, try slowly reducing the amount of it in your diet rather than quitting it cold turkey. Look for recipes that are naturally dairy-free. Spread nut butter where you'd use cream cheese. Use less and less milk in your coffee or tea, gradually reaching a point where you don't add any. And on a personal note, I really just cannot give up milk in coffee. So when I gave up dairy, I switched to tea and I don't drink that with milk in it. And finally, choose bean-based dips over ranch and blue cheese and sour cream dip, and choose vinegar-based salad dressings, vinaigrettes, rather than ranch or blue cheese. 
Try sorbet in place of ice cream. And be careful because sorbets contain a ton of sugar. So like ice cream, they should not be an every night sort of indulgence. If you've ever heard of something called nice cream, <laughs> that's a great recipe um, for what, what sort of tastes and looks like a, a soft serve ice cream, but the base of it is frozen bananas. There are several reasons I recommend that you don't simply substitute dairy-free alternatives for dairy. Dairy-free alternatives tend to be expensive. Soy, nut, seed, and grain-based dairy alternatives often lack a number of vitamins and minerals naturally found in dairy, sort of the way gluten-free flours are often not enriched the way wheat flour can be. Soy-based alternatives can be very hard to digest, and nut and seed-based alternatives can cause allergic reactions in some people. So-called non-dairy creamers are usually nutritionally inferior to good old milk or cream. They are highly processed foods, what Marian Nessel calls UFOs, unidentified food-like objects, that were created in chemistry labs and contain a large number of synthetic fillers and emulsifiers along with the more recognizable ingredients. They're definitely not close to nature on the whole food spectrum we've talked about. In my opinion, dairy-free substitutes just don't taste as good. Yeah, they look like milk or cream or cheese or ice cream, but they lack the flavor and perhaps more importantly, the mouthfeel of the real thing. And very often they leave a terrible aftertaste or what my family calls sweaters on your teeth. Of course, there may be times when you really do need a milk substitute, in which case I strongly urge you to make your own. It's really, really easy, and you'll end up with a minimally processed, no sugar added, additive-free food. The one drawback, which really isn't one, is that the milk will separate in the fridge. And that's nothing that a good shake won't solve. You can just shake your container and it'll come back together long enough for you to use it. You can download a general nut and seed milk recipe uh, from the show notes and spend some time experimenting to find your favorite ingredients. As a professionally trained chef, I find that you can successfully replace cow's milk with homemade nut or seed milk for most cooking and baking recipes. Grain-based alternatives, such as rice or oat milk, are pretty good for cooking sauces, but they generally don't contain enough fat to be a one-to-one -one replacement uh, in baking. So those are my tips for going dairy-free. And in the next few episodes, I'm gonna talk about some strategies for eliminating other foods. So you're, if you're on board with trying an elimination diet, but still aren't sure about how that looks in the kitchen and at the table, tune in for the next few weeks and then stick around longer. If you'd like to do an elimination diet and want some support doing it, schedule a free Your Story session and let's talk about that. The link is in the show notes. Thanks for listening. Let me know your thoughts about the episode and share your biggest takeaways and aha moments. You can send me a voice message directly through Anchor, as well as some of the other listening platforms. Please be sure to rate, 
review, and subscribe to the podcast in your listening app so you never miss an episode. Love the podcast? You can support it with a donation directly from the podcast homepage in most listening apps. If you'd like to know more about my work, visit my website at simplyhealthcoaching.com.